Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. And we're back for another episode of League Castle. I'm, of course, Chris McPherson, your host for this podcast, covering off on Newcastle and the Hunter Valley's local rugby league competitions. Uh, we have a stellar lineup ahead of us, a little bit briefer lineup than usual. Uh, unfortunately, our couple of Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League guests fell through, so there won't be any Newcastle and Hunter content this week specifically. Um, but we will have a bit of a quick run-through when it comes time to talk Newcastle and Hunter through um, the A-grade and B-grade ladders and, and where they currently sit, uh, just for a bit of an update for those top two competitions as we head into the remaining few weeks. But we are fortunate enough to have a couple of catch-ups. Our usual co-host, Josh Spiegelman, will join us. Thanks to Junkyard Skips to talk the Statsman performers of the week as we get down to the Final few rounds of the Denton Engineering Cup. It's really heating up at the top of the leaderboard and with some strong performances from a number of players who are sitting sort of around that top 10 to 15 mark. It's uh, it's going to be a tight finish and some players with games in hand really add some different permutations and possibilities to that leaderboard as it does to the ladder. Um, as we record this week um, with our recording Monday and Tuesday night, we've got a game between Central and Curry on Tuesday night. We've then got a game on Wednesday night between West and Lakes. And then games next week, midweek, as well as catch-up games on the weekend, which we touch on with our other guest, uh, none other than Macquarie Scorpions utility, Matt Moon. He's literally made the 14 jersey his own, as you'll hear in that catch-up. He uh, doesn't want to let his hands off it and uh, might even have future plans for uh, the number 14 in the Macquarie Club, but he's looking forward to a long legacy there and hopefully bringing some premierships out to Toronto to add to the couple they've already got on their trophy shelf. But uh, as I said, unfortunately, no Newcastle and Hunter guests, but all of our Newcastle and Hunter content is brought to us thanks to our partner at Beaver Brewery. Uh, They're sponsoring our segment for the Around the Grounds Best Canteens, uh, Best Atmosphere. Um, So, yeah, certainly looking forward to having another episode of that in the coming weeks with Sean Johnson. Raymond Terrace are our clubhouse leaders there at the moment, but again, Beaver Brewery providing uh, some of their great refreshments to go to a club on their Mad Monday um, or whatever other day or celebration mode they choose. So looking forward to being able to give that out and present it later in the year. Uh, as I talked about, Junkyard Skips bringing the Statsman of the Year. Our partners for the Central Coast Rugby League updates and scores. Uh, our Sharp DS Central Coast, so they're a great partner to have on board. And also Shipley's Meets at Rutherford, who bring us all the Hunter Valley Group 21 action. Uh, again, if you're looking at stocking your barbecue for your local footy ground or just for a barbecue to watch the footy at home, make sure you check out the guys at Shipley Meets at Rutherford. But without any further ado, let's catch up with our co-host, Josh Spiegelman, to talk Junkyard Skips, Statsman Performers of the Week. It's the time of the week where we kick off our show, as per usual, with none other than the numerical and statistical guru that is Josh Spiegelman, thanks to Junkyard Skips for the Statsman's Performers of the Week. Josh, mate, uh, some interesting results and some interesting performances out there on the weekend. 
Yeah, hey, Chris. Hey, everyone. Good to be back. Yeah, some uh, really interesting games and scores. One big scoreline, a couple of close scores, and a couple of, uh, I guess, one big upset. And, yeah, um, competition shaping up nicely in the last few rounds. But as we talked about off air, some clubs have six, seven games left. Some have three. So uh, it's really hard to follow at the moment. Certainly is, and as you know, there's that that word coming out now, mate, and it, and it falls right into your wheelhouse. The mathematical chances of making finals. We were just crunching the numbers and worked out that extremely outrageously unlikely, but there is a mathematical, infinitely small chance that Lakes could still make the finals. Yeah, that'd be great for the club, but yeah, with so many games on the run home and. Yeah, the playing squad there, who knows how they'll feel physically after that run and even if they do make the finals, what they can do with it. But, you know, Bubble will have them fired up every every match no matter what and um, it'd be great for them if they did. And, yeah, we are a hypothetical bookmaker friends helped us uh, price up some markets too. So we'll drop them in the uh, Instagram and social media pages during the week for the, for the premiership odds, that is. We certainly will. No surprises. Maitland, overwhelming favourites. They currently sit just... For those that are playing at home, uh, five points clear at the top of the ladder uh, on 25 points. And then it's a log gem, 20 points cent- Cessnock, 19 Central, 18 South, 16 Macquarie, 14 the entrance, 12 Wyong, 6 Lakes, and then Western Curry back on four points. So plenty to play for for everyone. We've talked about it before. Lakes, an absolute plethora of games. They kicked off their five in 14 on the weekend. And uh, as much as it's in reverse chronological order, mate, let's kick it off there because it was an impressive upset win against were one of the uh, form teams of the comp and at a venue that doesn't see a lot of first grade rugby league, Lakeside Oval on the, at Raymond Terrace. Yeah, and there was um, surprisingly good footage out there at Raymond Terrace. The camera bar TV did a good job there, obviously a bit lower than usual with the stand, but uh, yeah, could still do the stats for both teams here and uh, still could see some quality footy through the footage and through the boys on the field. So one thing to note in this game is probably the probably the most windy conditions out of all five games during the weekend. The, the old Raymond Terrace, um, fair few dropouts and kickoffs going dead or out of bounds um, with players struggling with it. So uh, that, that impacted both teams. Didn't give one team a, uh, an advantage, obviously. And yeah, credit to Lakes here, mate. Big big win for them. Uh, yeah, poor poor showing for South, I thought, but yeah, Lakes just a bit more resilient, bit bit crisper through that ruck and. Got some standout players, uh, some big names that people recognise. They certainly do. Uh, some interesting players playing in some different positions uh, for Lakes, looking at the team list. Anyway, I haven't really caught the highlights back of this one yet, but I noticed uh, one of your points getters wearing the seven jersey, which he doesn't normally wear, mate, so we might talk about that in a moment. Uh, but let's start off with uh, the honourable mentions and the minor points. Yeah, just going to go the, into the points straight up here and I'm um, going to give the, the, the only person from South to notch a point for me or any points was the fullback, Reeve Howard. Um, statistically, best on field for South, two try assists, the two line break assists for uh, South, only two tries, and um, 97 metres, which topped the, uh, the South back. And also, really importantly, zero errors in, in really tough conditions. As we highlighted off the top with that wind, obviously playing fullback or winger. Um, it's going to be hard, and, and most of the wingers and, full, and the other fullback mates merit. So well done to Reeve uh, for another good game. He's a solid performer. He's been a good acquisition for the Lions. Unfortunately, couldn't quite lift them to the uh, top of that result. But uh, as you said, it was Lakes and uh, some of their players that stood out, mate. And, and the man that I talked about uh, wearing the unfamiliar seven, picking up the two points. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, mate. Matt Cooper here wearing seven. He made a welcome return to Lakes Colours. 
I have done, I think I've seen him play in the seven for them for, before, usually the fullback, obviously. Um, but but still had a really, really good game. Um, really dangerous running the ball from seven, 164 metres, which actually topped the team. So he's obviously more involved than just a playmaking uh, half. Six tackle busts along with those uh, that amount of meterage and 12 supports, uh, support runs, which was second most on the team. So um, those, those, those few stats and the fact that he, yeah, he just popped up everywhere, looked dangerous and really threatened to the ruck. Um, and out wide also. So well done to Matt. He was an instrumental part of why they won late. Good to see him back in the blue and gold of the Seagulls. And uh, undoubtedly, they'll be hoping that he can continue to string some games together, irrespective of what jersey number he's in. Uh, but no surprises. The tackling machine, not his, certainly his highest peak, but uh, got through plenty of work at plenty of efficiency, as well as some other great attacking stats. The man that picks up the three points is uh, a key to the heart and soul of Lakes uh, whenever he's out there, mate. That's right, mate. The Warrior, Dan Peck here for Lakes. Three points in a great all-round effort. Really inspirational and, yeah, probably the biggest reason why they won the game. Um, uh, let's go through the numbers here. He scored the one try, had the one line break with it from Dummy Half. Really good catching South unawares through that rock. A bit of a lazy rock there for South. Um, two try assists for two other tries and two line break assists. Two tackle busts. And to evidence how good he was out of dummy half running the ball here, he had 132 metres at 9.4 a carry, which is pretty high for not only himself, but most hookers in general. So well done there. And also, uh, as we come to expect, 94% on defence with 30 tackles and one forced error. So couldn't go past Dan for the three points. No, with those numbers, it's going to be hard to beat. He's always dangerous out of dummy half, both in attack and defence, and did well to lead them to the victory there. And... uh, keep those faint mathematical finals hopes alive, but certainly draw them uh, a game clear of those other two sides at the bottom of the ladder. But let's move on, mate. Uh, the next game that we're having a look at, again, we'll stick around on Sunday. And, and certainly in terms of score lines, it wasn't the most uh, attacking styles uh, in terms of points put on. Two tries each in this one. And uh, it was uh, goal-kicking and penalties that came down to being the difference thanks to the boot of Matt Killick. The entrance scraping home 12 points to eight uh, against Wes. Uh, that puts paid to uh, any hopes Wes might have had of playing finals football, but it uh, certainly livens up the entrances campaign, especially with some other results. So they'll be sniffing there and thereabouts, but still realise that they uh, need to keep on winning. And made it must have been uh, must have been a good family dinner on Saturday night at the Nelson family household because the uh, the boys starred and uh, picked up the major points. Yeah, that's right, mate. It was an interesting game to watch just based on the flow of the game. I thought the entrance probably should have won by another try try or so. And we were pretty pretty wrong during the week, pricing um, West's favourite there. But as we mentioned, as a couple of fans noted, like you, you don't know which entrance team's going to turn up on the day, so they're always hard to price. Um, and yeah, you noted, you noted there's still a chance to make the final, so that's great for them as well, with a, with a slightly tough run home as well, though. So that's, that's one to watch. Um, yeah, we'll go. We'll go from the one point. I'll just gave uh, West winger Pat A. Church a point here with a try and two line breaks and several tackle busts. I thought he was one of their mo- most dangerous players, West. But you touched on it, mate. The the three and the two going to the brothers from the entrance, Grant and Matt. So Matt picked up Matt Nelson picked up the two points, 152 meters from 13 carries, winning 92 percent of his carries, two line breaks, a try assist, and two tackle busts. While Grant Nelson, his brother, obviously, has got three points with 11 tackle busts. That's, that's obviously tremendous. Two line break assists, two line breaks, an offload, 119 metres and 13 carries, team high 13 supports, 
and really well done by the brothers there. And uh, uh, not that we're going to reveal the leaderboard for the Stat Man of the Year competition as that's behind closed doors, but that obviously brings Grant back into the running there. So uh, well done to the boys. And I think my favourite part of this is after getting the three points this time around, unlike last time around, I'm yet to see him um, appear shirtless in a video or a picture. So that's well done, Grant. Keep your clothes on. Well, yeah, I think um, if you, yeah, yeah, well, we won't touch on that. Maybe again, I did note he got, a, I think he got an arm sleeve tattoo, so he had the shirt off plenty of times during the week. But thanks, uh, lucky for our viewers, he kept it on post match this time. I think so. Uh, we'll move on from there. We certainly will, and uh, we can transition into the other fixtures from the weekend. Let's have a look at the. Uh, I think we're back to Saturday now with um, the, the three games on Saturday and. A perfect transition because I saw, mate, um, they're not known for getting their rigs out, but uh, the flaming red locks of uh, one Neville, uh, I'm having a mental blank on his first name here, Harvey Neville, um, getting getting his shirt off in, in the uh, post-game interview. So, mate, uh, doing the Rangers proud, uh, didn't quite feature in the points. It was a couple of milestone men along with a, a show favourite who uh, starred here in the uh, close win for the Cessnock Goannas and a key win for Cessnock and a tough loss for Wong in terms of their finals hopes. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, yeah, uh, Cessnock uh, had, a, had a really good game here running out. Winners 26-22, four-point win, especially when you consider that Wyong were up 18-4 early in the match. So really good resilience by Cessnock there to come back. Um, yeah, you touched on Wyong. It's a pretty tough season for them. They obviously have a pretty good team on paper and several close losses. And you know, I think they have shown good, good improvement from last season, but probably going to miss out on the finals now. Um, but I did want to start off with a point there to their leader and um, congratulations, Mitch Williams, 250 games for Wyong, first grade games. It's a tremendous effort, but, and you know, he shows you still got it, could run around for another season, definitely, because um, this game was great. He had a try assist, two try contributions, so three try involvements all up, one line break and really solid in defence. So, um, yeah, Mitch Williams, uh, yeah, take a bow. That's his great career and a great game. Yeah, he's certainly been a phenomenal contributor and 250 games is uh, absolutely no mean feat at any level, let alone to play 250 games across the top grade. And I thought it was quite humble of Wong to call it 250 top grade games rather than to try and get into the nuances of first grade. But um, with them having been in the Newcastle Rugby League, then the Central Coast Rugby League, back in the Denton Engineering Cup. But anyway, you look at it, 250 games at the top for the one club. Um, is absolutely phenomenal. We obviously saw Jade Porter bring up 250 senior games the other week. Like These sorts of players are absolute stalwarts of our competition. We're fortunate to get to watch them go around. And um, Yeah, we've seen Mitch at close quarters for a number of years. Uh, again, an absolutely phenomenal footballer, and uh, hopefully we see him for another, you know, it would be great to see him pull up another 50. I'm sure he could if uh, if the, uh, the mind's willing that the flesh will be as well. He's certainly got the ability. It's just about whether he's got that desire to keep on going for another few years. But We'll watch that space, mate. Um, the two points, though, was uh, I think he, uh, he might be one of your number one fans, mate. Yeah. Um, Harry O'Brien uh, played a big part, obviously, in getting me uh, foot in the door at Cessnock for the stats. So um, not just rewarding him for that. He obviously had a really good game against Wyong. Um, probably one of the best I've seen in play statistically. 146 metres running the ball, four tackle busts, one line break, two try assists. One try contribution, so so three try involvements as, as well as like, like Mitch Williams and two line break assists. So uh, really good from Harry there. Um, big part of the reason why they, they came back and won the game. He's been a key performer in a few different positions for them in the last couple of years and uh, continues to contribute well out there at Cessnock. And a bit like Mitch, throws well above his weight. 
but it was another man, another milestone man that outpointed the uh, the two others, Mitch and Harry, uh, to pick up the uh, three points in his 100th game, one of two players to tally up his 100th first grade game on the weekend. Yeah, that's it, mate. Reed Hugo, yeah, congratulations for that, for the 100-game milestone. And, you know, those um, the Cessnog boys really turn up for the milestone games. If you remember a, a week or two ago, uh, Josh Charles had got in the points with a huge game statistically, and now Reed Hugo himself. Um, it was, I think it was a game plan to get the ball to him early and often because the numbers he had um, topped the team with 17 runs, 139 metres, scored a try, great on your milestone game, uh, line break with that try. He had a team-high eight tackle bust, a team-high 12 support runs, and a team-high five key kick pressures. So spread across the, I guess, fantasy statistical relevant uh, numbers and also the key effort areas, and you just can't go past that for a three-point. No, he's a workhorse when he's on, is Reed Hugo, and well-deserving after watching uh, the majority of that game, seeing him pick up the three points there in his 100th. Again, congratulations to him, and uh, congratulations to Cessnock on another key win that um, sets him up in a, a really good position heading into the last couple of weeks of the season. But uh, let's speak of 100-game men. It was another 100-game man who starred in the central win over... Macquarie on the weekend, a little bit of a surprise for some. It was a, a tough one to pick, but probably the most surprising part was how flattering the scoreboard was to Central uh, come the full-time whistle. 30-16, to 16, they ran out winners there, but they were definitely the better side on the day. Um, we, oh, well, I'm catching up with Matt Moon for the show, um, which we'll have on a little bit later. I've already spoken to him, and, and he pretty much admitted as much. So um, they just weren't able to shut them down, and it, and it was a, a fairly dominant performance from Central, but Macquarie far from disgraced, mate. Yeah, that's right, mate, and one to watch there with Matt. Obviously having a, a bit of an injury there, having to be carried off a little bit, so hopefully he's okay going forward. He's obviously a big part of the, what the Scorps want to do there. And, yeah, this this game was actually moved, moved to the Sunday. I think just um, not on the Saturday. I don't know. Yeah, Macquarie have been, you know, messed around a bit with the schedule the last few weeks, no game for two weeks, and having to move an extra day for the field to get better. So obviously not ideal preparations come into this, but other teams have dealt with similar, so... The Scorps will be looking to improve. And if we touch on the game here itself, yeah, 100th game for, for Spider, one of the show favourites. And he had his fingerprints all over this one, mate, from start to finish. Uh, for me, probably the best game he's had all year from the game. I've watched most of their games, but um, apologies if I missed another good one, but I, I'd like to think I didn't. So well done to Spider there. Um, and yeah, mate, yeah, the um, Central's... Central's uh, what should we say, passing game during the game, I thought was real crisp and uh, real deceiving at times. You know, rolling players under, executing really, really nice backline moves that look like, you know, on the training paddock. So um, credit to them. And, you know, with a couple games in hand and they're playing tomorrow night as we record this on a Monday, they're looking real strong, mate. And if they not curry over, they'll go to second place, won't they? So that's big for them. Certainly is. Uh, it's been a long time. Um since the uh, the Butcher Boys have been right up at that point and, you know, they'll be right amongst where the whips are cracking come the uh, the end of the season. You'd have to think with the number of games they've got to catch up and uh, we'll go for, go forward from there and, and watch what they can do. But, mate, um, yeah, on Spider, it was interesting. I caught up with him um, last Thursday night down at the Sharks and the Storm game. Obviously, Grant was playing and he was lamenting the fact that he was wondering if his 100th game was ever going to come. He's ob- it was obviously some pretty rough timing for both he and Reed. It's been talked about for a couple of weeks. And, um, yeah, it's been been a bit of a challenge, but great to see both of them finally to, um, you know, just stalwarts of the local competition to 
rack up that 100th game at the one club and, and do so um, proudly uh, lifting their teams to wins. Yeah, huge for both those boys, mate, just to, to do what they did with the eye test, but also the numbers, just they really turned up. So I think we'll start with the three points here in this game. Obviously, Spider's the man. Two tries, two try assists, four line breaks, one line break assist, seven tackle breaks, and two offloads. So those are some beasty super coach numbers. If there was such a thing for this level, and that aside, just, um, yeah, not single-handedly, but played a huge part in their win out at Lyle Pe- uh, Peacock. So really well done to Spider. Yeah, that he certainly did, mate. There's some really strong performances for them that, uh, as we said, drove them to that uh, 14-point victory, that's for sure. Yeah, huge, mate. And, um, yeah, going on to the two points as well, another back here for, for Central. Um, Kai Cooper here, uh, the big centre out there, scored a try, had another try assist, a line break assist four tackle bust and an offload, while um, second row Randall Briggs was real good in this game as well. With He got a point from me, two try contributions, a line break, a line break assist, a line break contribution and two tackle busts. So obviously I don't do the full stats for Central this season, but I do note those key moments during the game because obviously I'd like to report on both teams and it just so happened that Central got the, the chocolates today and those three boys were huge reasons why they did so. Yeah, they certainly were, and uh, I did notice in the commentary when I was going through reviewing the game, mate, uh, they, they referenced it a couple of times, the bragging rights, uncle over nephew, uh, Randall and Callan came together a couple of times, and uh, while I'm sure it's not a, the first ever time, it's certainly not a frequent occurrence that a, um, an uncle and a nephew would clash in a first-grade fixture in any in any footy game, really, but uh, certainly in a you know, football fixture at, at this level of uh, rugby league. Yeah, definitely, mate. That was a really, really good battle because they were on the same side running at each other too with with um, with um Randall being second row and Callum being the centre. And, you know, Randall had the better, I think, better of it in the first half and for probably most of the game. But there was one moment where Callum scored a try um, and absolutely left Randall in the in the dust there with a little sidestep. Um, that was a, was, a, was a moment I'm sure he'll never forget. And um, probably saved himself from embarrassment at the uh, the family dinner table if Randall brought up the game. So, um, really good battle to watch. Certainly would have been. It's a talented family. We've talked about it before. Plenty of them plying their trade at different points around our local region and uh, have done over recent decades. And I know there's a whole other generation that Callan's leading coming through. So, undoubtedly, there'll be some talented Briggs for uh, many years to come and Macquarie will be wanting to hang on to uh, young Cal. Um, out there, most of them have come through that club and they've done a great job to develop those footballers but that's the uh, Scorps and Central, mate. Uh, I think that by my calculations leaves us with one game to go and she was the one you talked about early it was the lopsided clash um, Look, there was some, some glimpses of brilliance watching the highlights from Curry, but we just know that their club at the moment very depleted in terms of numbers and uh, look, that, they'll turn up and they put up a bit of a fight but they'll just no match for an absolutely rampant Maitland side Um you know, led by some some not surprising names in terms of those players that dominated the statistical side of the game. Yeah, mate, definitely. Uh, yeah, relatively close half. Uh, it was actually 12-6 to Maitland up until around the 35-minute mark. So I think Maitland admitted after the game, Matt Lantry, that they are a little bit clunky to start the match, probably based on that lack of training as well. And obviously with half the city underwater, so uh, that, that looks to have improved now, which is great news for the for the locals. Um, that was scary stuff originally. Um, but back to the game. Yeah, this one, as you'd imagine, a bit of a rivalry game here. Well, bits and understatement. There were lots of penalties. 
a uh, bit of spite in it, but but nothing overboard. And um, yeah, it was a good watch. And when Maitland came out in the second half, they scored three tries in their first three sets, and it was off to the races from there. So we'll just start with a one point here to uh, Peter Wilson, the forward for Maitland off the bench. He, he's really having a good season, Peter. I think probably the best I've seen him play in the short years that I've watched Maitland and him. Uh, 100% in defence, 10 runs for 125 metres. He won all of those 10 runs. Four tackle busts, a line break, a line break assist, and a try try contribution, and some big hits in that defence that I mentioned. So, really well done to Peter. Probably would have featured in more points this year if not for the stack side they have. Yeah, he certainly has been a solid performer, and mate, he'd be a standout forward in most packs in this competition. So it just shows how absolutely stacked to the uh, to the brim they are with talent this Maitland side, and it shows even after that sluggish midpoint of the season they're still sitting five points clear at the top of the ladder and well, they've got I think probably one and a half hands on that minor premiership at the moment um, but uh, yeah look it, it's there, theirs to lose I think the minor premiership and, and plenty of people will um, have them installed as pretty short favourites for the grand final even with you know some players you know still sitting out and not um, at full strength it's scary what they can execute and two of their best performers of the year are the ones that picked up uh, the two and the three points here mate. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, Reid Alchin here features again in the points, uh, really making a push in the stat man leaderboard, but who knows where he's sitting because that's under wraps. Uh, two try assists, two line break assists, one line break, a line break contribution, a try contribution, three effective offloads and 90% in defence. So I nearly ran out of space on the graphic I made for him uh, the other day. So, uh, yeah, filled the stat sheet. Well done to Reid. And then we have none other than Brock Lamb, who up with Spider. And Reed Hugo probably had the, the game of the round. Um, three points for Brock. Two tries, three line breaks, six tackle busts, two line break assists, two try assists, one line break contribution and one try contribution. So if I tally that up real quick, that's two, four, four. He was involved in five of their tries, either scoring, setting them up or having the key, second last touch or last touch. So just tremendous from Brock and showing his experience there. Certainly is not a bad tally of stats. I mean, even just from a points haul point of view, um, he picked up a, a sneaky twenty points himself, which would have, uh, you know, got got him home against a few sides on the weekend. I think by my maths, about five of the sides scored less points than that. So um, yeah, it's not not too bad of a day out, and he would have only just got pipped by Wyong. So twenty points in, in, in an outing, um, and probably could have had some more watching some of the highlights. There's a couple of times where he threw the ball. Um, and set someone else up, whereas if, if he had a pin his ears, he might have got his hat trick. But uh, that's the selflessness uh, and the experience of Brock Lamb. Um, and again, you know, while he's probably creeping up the leaderboard, it's the depth of that side that uh, is certainly um, probably his undoing when it comes to what will be the uh, final crumbling of this cookie that is the uh, leaderboard for 2022 at the end of the season. Yeah, I'd say so, mate. It's, it's hard when players cannibalise each other in, in that competition, the stat man, but at the end of the day, I can guarantee you 1 million percent that they'd rather have a stack team win the premiership. So, um, mate, they're looking really strong. But, yeah, a couple of other teams, form-wise, recently, Cessnock, Central, they, you know, it's, it's no matter what the hypothetical bookie thinks, you know, it's, it's still a couple teams race and, yeah, no reason for the fans to tune out now. It's just getting hotter and getting started. Certainly is, and uh, good to see Jimmy Bradley back getting across the stripe as well. Uh, he uh, takes an hour two-try lead in the... Uh 
try scoring competition uh, in front of a couple of others. And then you've got a pack coming through, including two of his teammates, uh, Gary Anderson and Matt Sopalola, and then Spider Anderson on nine as well. So um, that, that competition is still well and truly alive. I think we can probably, uh, if, we, if we're giving one and a half hands on the uh, premiership to... Uh, on um, the minor premiership, sorry, to Maitland, we're probably giving 1.9 hands on the um, the point scorer to Brock Lamb at 153 points. He's 63 points clear, so he's streaking away there. Um, you'd have to think he, that'd be the most secure bet. You probably wouldn't get a dollar um, one about that, with, even with our uh, generous um, theoretical bookie friend. <laughs> I'd say so, mate. He's a generous fellow, but, yeah, not a, not with that one. Yeah, not, not quite running a charity. Uh, speaking of charity, mate, great opportunity. The winner of this year's uh, stats man of the year thanks to Junkyard Skips what is their prize and remembering that it was uh, when we went um, behind closed doors it was MSL Matt Soper Lawler leading uh, by a little bit of a gap but uh, obviously no points on the weekend for him so he'll be looking over his shoulder but what's the prize that they get thanks to Junkyard Skips whoever takes it out yeah thanks to Junkyard Skips here 150 bucks in cold hard cash and 150 to the charity of their choice so Really, really good, and yeah, yeah, it's um, heating up. I, I'd, I'd like to reveal the, the updated table, but that's what it's all about, mate. Bit of secrecy, and a couple of weeks ago, yeah, a couple of those teams with catch-up games. You know, they they could press old Matt up there, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Exciting. Yeah, it's certainly uh, going to be a pretty uh, hotly contested one, mate. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm quite disappointed in terms of Junkyard Skips because we, we nearly had the Junkyard Skips Cup this weekend uh, with Macquarie playing Souths, mate, with the uh, co-owners split between the two sides. So it's a shame they aren't both on the paddock. Yeah, it is a shame, mate. I wouldn't know who to give the three points to. Otherwise, I'd pull the sponsorship. But <laughs> Just split the six points down the middle and give them both three. Happy days. <laughs> <laughs> creative, creative accounting, right? Yeah, no. just like the storm. A big, a big thanks to uh, Junkyard Skips for their support, mate. And uh, I, I nearly want to take that opening to wax lyrical about uh, how good the Raiders were on the weekend, but we'll move straight on from that because I don't want you to cry about the Knights. Um, oh, uh, we can talk about it. I, I'm happy to. I've been crying for 20 years, so I'm, you know the tears have all gone now. It's just expected. But well done to the Raiders. That was that was a tremendous win. Always good to see Melbourne lose. Three in a row, Melbourne. Lots of people happy about that. But anyway, um, it, it it slightly slightly just smudges over those wounds from Wednesday night last week. But anyway, we'll move on, mate. Um, look, <laughs> as we said, plenty of footy on ahead this week. This will come out on Wednesday, so it's probably a bit late for you to get down to the Tuesday night game. But Wednesday night, Lakes and West at Harker Oval. Uh, then there's two games on Saturday as well. I'm just trying to uh, uh, bring those back up. We've got... Uh, uh, Western. Oops, Western Scorps, and uh, is uh, that South, right? Western? South, South and the Scorps on Saturday, at, out at Macquarie, and uh, Curry and Lakes. So the two catch-up games. Oh, from the round twenty-third one. of like, sorry, yeah, it's, the, it's the it's the round one game. Yeah, you're correct. Is, so is, Curry yeah. and Lakes. And then if that if, if that's not enough for you, um, again, because this will, this will come out on Wednesday morning before, and then our next week will be Wednesday morning. Next Tuesday night, the twenty-sixth of July. Central will be at home again. Back-to-back Tuesday home games for Central up against Lakes, the Korea Cup. That'll be an absolute belter. There's no love lost between those two sides. So there's some really cracking clashes. Um, as I said, you know, Saturday we've got the two clashes, both key. Curry trying to drag themselves off the bottom. Lakes wanting to continue their winning. Macquarie and South both off losses. Uh, West and Lakes, again, similar story on Wednesday night. And then, you know, we'll have uh, Central and Lakes with that rivalry stepping up uh, in terms of what's coming 
the week after. So, yeah, there's just so many games coming at us. It's a great time of year. I mean, if there's one positive to come out of the rain, mate, it's that there's uh, non-stop football. But it's going to be a, a, a busy run for you, mate, uh, with, with the amount of games Lakes, for one, have uh, on the way home. Yeah, mate, it's going to be uh, going to be real busy. I think I calculated um, the other day that by the end of the season there'll be about 500 hours or plus of, of, of stat reviews. So that's broken the, the mind bank this year, I guess. And then, yeah, flurry to run home will push me. But, you know, I'll get on the Gatorades, mate, like the players. <laughs> I, I, did, yeah, I can't really... <laughs> I did actually see, no. and, I, and I want to give a shout-out to former Lakes United player. I think it was, Bra- was either Brady Delaney or Aaron Morris who uh, were chipping the boys. Lakes put up a post about their win, and it was a photo of one of the boys in the change rooms having a Gatorade, and the comment was about there being too many Gatorades and not enough beers. So that was that was quite an interesting one because it's actually been a fair proliferation of beer in a lot of photos. But Bubba's obviously got the boys finally tuned, and it's working because they got the two points. That's what that's what they want us to see, mate. Maybe behind the camera is where all the beers are, but <laughs> just for the look. No, I don't know. Yeah, Bubba's a pro, mate. He's got them all in the Gatorades, but... You know, um, yeah, I, I need a mixture of beer and Gatorade to get me through the last few weeks, so let's do it. Yeah, certainly, mate. Um, and as we said, we'll have those odds up from our theoretical bookie later in the week. Um, depending on time available to the two of us, we might try and get some lines up um, for you to have a, a tip on the midweek games if we can, but if not, we'll at least get the Saturday games up. There's just so much for us. We're chasing our tails between doing this and doing all our other commitments to footy, and then we, we also have some day jobs that people might not be aware of, mate, <laughs> and girlfriends, you know, surprisingly. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, we've forgotten to mention the the actual nine to five Monday to Friday. We because <laughs> we do this too much. Uh, I think my, my boss has given up on mine being a nine to five. He's uh, he, kn- he knows that it's you know some days it's four a.m. till two p.m. and then catch up the other bits, other points. It's just yeah, um, flexible yeah. working, mate. That's the one benefit of of, of the COVID generation. We've got a bit of flexibility. Yeah, that you've just got to make sure that everything's done right. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it is. And fortunately for me, I don't need a whole lot of sleep. So that's a, uh, I'd hate to be an eight to 10 hour a day sort of guy because I wouldn't get half the stuff done that I do. Yeah, mate. No, 100%. I understand. But all right, mate. Well, thank you very much again for jumping on. Thank you to Junkyard Skips for sponsoring our segment. We are really appreciating them being on board this year and look forward to partnering with them to give away that $300 total prize pool to a player and their charity of choice in a few weeks. It'll be here before we know it. And I'm certainly counting down till that second Saturday in September. I think it's the second. I can't keep up. They keep moving the dates. But I think it's the second Saturday in September now. The uh, Denton Engineering Cup Grand Final in the lower grades. It'll be an absolute cracker. And, uh, yeah, we we can't wait, mate, um, for the season to continue on heating up and keep producing some magical statistical performances. Yeah, 100%, mate. Yeah, it's going to be great. I uh, can't wait for the grand final. It's going to be a huge cap-off and have a great season. And, yeah, who knows, mate? Who knows who's going to win? It's going to be exciting. Certainly will. Let's wrap it there. And uh, Josh and I will be back next week with all of your Junkyard Skips Stats Men's Performers of the Week. Big thanks, as always, to Josh. We're going to take a short break, and we'll rejoin you shortly with Macquarie's Mr. Fix-It, the super utility that is Matt Moon. All right, let's dig into the Denton Engineering Cup, and we're fortunate enough to be joined by one of the, I guess we'll call you a utility from the Macquarie Scorpions, and uh, we, we made the comment the other week, if we're picking people based on jersey numbers for the Statsman's Team of the Year, you'd be a lock for the highest-performing number 14 in 2022, mate. Matt Moon, welcome back to League Castle. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, um, I think 14, I'll never play another number if they... 
Kitty asked me that way, if I wanted to wear the 13. I said, nah, mate, 14's me. This is just who I am now. Just, just comfy, mate. You, you're going down that Super League route of uh, just made it, just get moon above the 14 and just, mate, that's your squad number forever and a day now. Exactly. I'm not asking to get me last name on there next year and no one else is allowed to touch it. Yeah, I like it, mate. There's nothing nothing wrong with it, uh, mate, if it works for you. And it's obviously working. You've been playing well this year for um, the majority of the season and, and picked up some points there with some good stats performances. I know Josh is a big fan of your work. And, mate, um, in terms of the season, how many positions have you played so far at different points this season? What What's missing to f- fill out the repertoire? Uh, I haven't done as much this year as I did last year. I think I've only done maybe lock, hooker, 5'8", and I think I've done centre there for a little bit, so... Not too bad. A good, good range, but not everything. Not everything. No, when I was younger, I did a bit of everything, but starting to slow down and get a bit older. Yeah, that's fair enough, mate. Um, let, let, let's talk about the elephant in the room first, mate. Uh, a little bit of a disappointing result uh, on the weekend uh, going into that fourth versus fifth game against Central. Um, what was the, I guess, the, the outcome? What was, the, what was the, the talk after that game in terms of the result? Obviously, disappointment would have been one of the key words, but some takeaways, some things to work on? Yeah, disappointing is probably the right word. It's what, you know, Central's good. They've got a big pack, and we knew like what they're going to bring. Luke Walsh is, you know, gun half back, and he just we we had a plan for him and didn't quite go to plan. But next time, I hope it does. But we know, you know, when we start to hold the ball a bit, I think we can match up any team in the comp. So yeah, just the main takeaway is just percentage. I think we end up at fifty-two percent or something. So you know, a lot to work on. And we know we know when we, you know, do hold that ball, you know, we'll be tough to beat. So, see what happens. Yes, yeah, <laughs> certainly a tough one, mate. And, and you talk about Luke Walsh. The the other one that, or, or the two of them, the pace and and what they can do is is the two Anderson boys. I know we had Matt Sopalola on the other day, and lots of people will talk about Spider. And of course, congratulations to him on being one of three guys who racked up some big milestones on the weekend. His hundredth first grade game. Uh, but he and Kane, mate, the, the pace that they can inject from you know the edge in the back there, they're a real handful uh, on top of having the ball playing of Walsh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They've been really good. They're tough to tackle them, boys. Um, Spider's been, you know, playing well in this comp for years now, so you know what he's going to bring. And Kane's doing well for a young kid, so, you know, I guess running off Luke Walsh would make any player look a little bit better than they are, wouldn't it? So. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's the comment. A little bit better than they are. I think, mate, um, you could put me outside any halfback. I'm still probably not going to uh, be, be running too many holes, especially at 35. But there's, uh, if you've got the pace and the ability that some of those guys do already and then you've got you know the likes of Luke Walsh and you know those guys creating holes for you um, as well and just reading the play in front, then, yeah, it's going to make you look at another step better than you know someone like Spider who's already, as you said, an outstanding footballer in his own right. Yeah, exactly. I'm not taking anything away from Spider. He's a gun player. Just you know, just saying. If you think anyone would love to run off Luke Walsh, so just be thankful. Any club would love to have him. I think just be thankful that there's only two Anderson brothers and not the third one out there, mate. Yeah, I know. I um, played twenties with Grant, so he's a good bloke, and it's good to see him doing well there with the Storm. So happy for him. You know, the family's doing some good things. No, they certainly are, mate. But let, let's turn it, turn the focus back on to Macquarie. Uh, a bit of a run home. We we're just talking about it, I guess. Um, off air in terms of the ladder and uh, that result and a couple of the other results. Certainly still plenty of opportunity. You're only you know four points adrift of Cessnock who sit in second and your four and against is quite healthy. Um, but you're also only four points in front of Wong and two points in front of the entrance who sit just behind you nipping at your heels. So it's going to be a, uh, a fairly 
um, tightly run contest on the way home, mate, but destiny uh, really in your own hands. Yeah, exactly right. You know, it's up to us. We're, we can beat any team. We just need to do it, you know. We've got three games in a week. You know, we've got to catch up there with um, Wes. Uh, hopefully we can get three from three there and get, gain a bit of confidence heading into the finals and we'll go from there. But like you said, it's up to us. <clears throat> and I guess, oh yes, mate, in terms of that too and, and having a look at your run home, we did just talk about that as well. Like A couple of really big games. You've got South, you've got West, who we know, you know, they're going to drag you into an arm wrestle. You then head into Wyong, who are going to be desperate because they're sitting within striking distance, and if they drop any more games before, then that's going to really be their, their last roll of the dice at Lyle Peacock. And then you finish off with Maitland, and then the big rivalry, the Lake Macquarie Derby against Lakes, and we saw what Lakes could do knocking off South, which was probably a, a result that helped you guys, and well, certainly didn't hinder you um, on the weekend, but it, it gives you an awareness that anyone on their day can just roll you if you don't turn up at 100%. Yeah, it's what everyone's been saying all year, and it's so true. Like, you know, you naming them, last couple of games there and I'm, there's not one easy game there so we need to turn up for every one of them and you know get a couple of wins there because like you said there's a, you know the entrance and wine up at our clacker so you know, we've got to turn up and get some wins and no, like no more excuses this time of the year yeah certainly right mate and, and, and it's an interesting one in terms of um, continuing to turn up because as we said you know there's, there's plenty of opportunity to, to finish anywhere between sort of second and seventh essentially as it sits which is it's great for the competition and great for the punters, but it just means that you guys have got to, I guess, get the whips cracking, as you say, but it also means that you're going to hit the finals, allowing that you make them, that, you know, you're going to be battle-hard and you, you haven't had a, a run of easy games or, you know, non-consequential games. You're really going to be sort of, you know, chiselled up, ready to go, depending on where you land in that finals race. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. If we come home, you know, and we've won, what you say, there's five games left, we win, say, four, then five, well, you know, we chock full of confidence heading into the finals, which is, what you want, you don't want to go in there, you know, limping in and we want to go in there, no injuries and I think we can give it a good shake. But, you know, I think every every team in that top five is going to have the same mentality. So just all that two turns up in the day, I think. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that, you know, even Wyong, even with that loss on the weekend, they'll still be fairly confident. Um, you know, they only went just went down to a really strong Cessnock team who we know, you know, took it right to you guys recently. Um, they've taken it to Maitland for windows as well as have you. So, um yeah, it, it's anyone's opportunity if they can get things together on the day. And, you know, again, the challenge of catch-up games and rescheduled matches, it's going to be interesting to see every team's got a slightly different workload on the way home. Yeah, well, Wyong, you know, they're a really good team. Any team with Mitchell Wins in, it's going to be tough to beat. Um, yeah, it's just it's all about, you know, turning up on the day, ready to go. Because, like, like we've said, any, any, any team can, you know, beat on their day, so... Just got to see how it goes. Yeah, certainly. It's, it's going to be an interesting race home. And just touching on Mitch Williams, mate, he's another one of those ones uh, in that game, Cessnock and uh, Wyong on the weekend. Mitch Williams bring up his 250, 250th top-tier game, which is absolutely phenomenal. And Reed Hugo also getting up his 100th. So, mate, uh, certainly some big milestones at this, to be playing at that standard of football for that long of a period. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, congratulations to all three of them. It's huge effort. It's a lot of games at you know, this level of competition. And what am I, 22? I've probably played 25 games and I'm already thinking about retiring. Body's killing me, so I don't know how they're doing what they're doing. I mean, you've got a couple of years left in you, don't you worry, mate? Uh, that that 14 jersey, you can't let anyone take it for a little while yet. Well, that's exactly right. And I think when I retire, I'm going to take it with me. 
Yeah, beautiful. Like just just get uh, just get him hanging up in the Toronto Workers Club, retire it for you. I'm sure Kitty Kitty and uh, the new coach Matt Roach will uh, sort that out for you, won't they? Yeah, I think I think they will. I think they will. And if they don't, it'll be blow up. So get <laughs> on Kitty and Roach to look after me. Uh, mate, mate, maybe you'll you'll have to deliver a title in that 14 jersey, and that might be enough to get it across the line. I reckon um, go down in history. Oh, I'd love nothing more. You know. Be huge goal of mine if you can do that. I think there'd be no better feeling. Yeah, I, so, I, I don't yeah. doubt that, mate. It's, it's it's interesting talking to you because like you can really tell that sort of you know obviously not a Macquarie Junior as such, but um, it's become sort of a, a home away from home for you since you since you've settled your way there. Yeah, exactly. So I've, when I come up in eighteen, you know, I signed up from then and pretty much stayed from ever since. I've already signed on for next year, so you know I love the club and couldn't really see myself playing anywhere else. So you know, I'm excited to. You know, get through this year and hopefully bring the comp home, and then you know try to do it again next year. So, yeah, no, it'd be, be great to see. Obviously, it's a it's a really key part of the Newcastle Rugby League community, that Macquarie community, and um, you know, premiership success hasn't exactly you know been highly frequent. They've, you know, been intermittent out there in in recent decades, but um, I'm sure they wouldn't mind uh, picking up a, another couple in their twenties to add to the the couple they've already got on the on the uh, trophy shelf. Absolutely, like you seen there on the weekend, the crowd was, you know, it was huge. Really, like it was a big crowd. We've had, you know, pretty much next to no, next to no sunny home games. So whenever you do get a sunny game, there seems to be a good crowd there. So I really feel bad for him. You know, the amount of rain we've had at home games, it's hard for him to get out there. Yeah, it certainly makes it challenging for for the punters as well as the players. I mean. Uh, the rain and everything that everyone's been through in terms of lots of the, I guess, the footballing community is uh, a real challenge, but uh, everyone keeps on, I guess, soldiering on and, and rolling up their sleeves to do what they can, mate. But let's have a bit of a look. You're fortunate enough in the fact that you've got um, a game on Saturday. There's no midweek for you this week. But there's a couple of games midweek, mate, that I'd love to get your thoughts on uh, before we have a look at the couple of games that are on Saturday. It's a it's a bit of a hectic schedule for a couple of sides. Uh, your mates across the, uh, across the lake, Lakes United, They've got a crazy schedule. I think they've got something like five games from the weekend through, five games in 14 days. So you talked about yours before having three in, in eight. Uh, how, how would five games in 14 days be? The body in these in this cold weather would certainly be feeling it after a few night games in that run. Mate, is that even legal? <laughs> that, that's crazy. I think, would you say five in 14 days? Like that's, that's insane. Yeah. So well, I'm, I'm sore till Friday usually anyway, so... To, to do that, like, I feel bad. I honestly feel bad for them. But like you said, everyone's got to do what they got to do. Everyone wants to, you know, get to the final and get this combo over. You can't keep dragging it on. But I think there's going to be a few sore bodies after 14 days. I think if I was them boys, I'd be, you know, telling the boss I need the next weekend off, like the next the full week off after that. Yeah, you, you want to hope you work work for someone that bleeds blue and gold if you're one of those young blokes from Lakes. And that's the other thing is they've got quite a young side, so it's, you know, another challenge on top of it. You, you might recover a little bit, but you feel the knocks a little bit. So, but yeah, they, they had, and you talk about teams doing what it takes. Hats off to South who, you know, rather than get another game queued up, they moved their game to Lakeside up, up at Raymond Terrace on Saturday, uh, Sunday, sorry, um, which was the game that they lost to Lakes. But yeah, Lakes have got Wednesday night, Saturday night, Tuesday night, Saturday, uh, sorry, yeah, so Saturday Tuesday night, Saturday again, and you know in that run they've got you know they've got West twice, which you know that that won't be taken easy. Curry, who will be you know chomping at the bit to try and get a win against another team down the bottom of the ladder and claw their way off the bottom, and 
yeah, as I said, they've got West twice in that, and that's a rivalry. And then they've got also got Central on a Tuesday night. So Central versus Lakes on a Tuesday night will be a, uh, a fair bash up derby, I reckon. Oh, yeah. So they finish off of Central, do they? That's a, well, that's a tough finish to, to that, you know, that little stint there. Well, they're a big pack. So. Yeah, they, fin- they finish with their second second hit up against West. So they'll play West this Wednesday, but then they play them again okay. Saturday week on the 30th, which is their old boys day out there. Um, and then they run into, I think, the entrance and then yourselves in the last couple of games. So um, they've got, it's hard to believe, they've got still got seven games left and we, we're supposed to be finishing the um, competition in less than a month. So it's going to be a busy time for the young, young Seagulls. But uh, let, let's have a look at the games this week and we'll start with the Tuesday night game, mate, that's been scheduled. There's some talk around whether or not this is going ahead as planned. But until we hear confirmed otherwise, Central and Curry, mate, um, Central, a very short turnaround from your game on the weekend and... We know that Curry, no matter what they turn up with when they turn up, are going to be physical. So, you know, yes, it's a big pack from Central, but Curry won't um, won't die wondering in terms of the physicality. No, nah, I've, I've played under Watsy before, um, and I know he'll have the boys up. He's a good coach, and you know, if they don't have the talent, they'll um, they'll have the ticker. So, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll give Central the best shot, but I just don't know if they'll have enough to bring it home against Central. It's certainly going to be a big ass down there at St. John Oval. Probably a heavy track still you'd expect against a, a very big central pack as, as we talked about, you know, with the Junior Rokikas, the Witty Bakers, Nick Ritters, these sorts of guys. There's plenty of big big moving bodies in that pack. Um, and then Wednesday yeah, night... Well, is, just, sorry, mate. You want to move... Like it's, it's tough. It's going to be tough for Cody if it's going to be wet pitch. You want to move that big pack around to central and, you know, on a heavy wet track, it's, I think it's going to be up the gut, so... You know, I nearly feel bad for a curry there. If they had a game plan against them, they might not be able to run it. Uh, you know, it's going to be even tougher for them. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That central side, if they can press, and, and especially with like Tamano Alexander and Kai Cooper, who are you know centers in front rowers' bodies but mobile, they can press and just push everything in. You're going to you're going to really struggle to go around them, which is you know probably going to you'd think would be Curry's plan in terms of giving away so much size. So um, yeah, it's going to going to be a bit of a challenge for them, but. Hey, it'll be a good, good cold night footy, a good excuse to get down, have a steak sandwich and a pie on Tuesday night at St John Oval, uh, maybe sneak in a couple of blue cans as well, just enough so that you can back up for work on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> and, and if that's not enough footy for you, mate, West and Lakes Wednesday night, this is like one of the old rivalries from Newcastle Rugby League going way back. I, I played some time at Lakes and both these clubs love to hate each other. Um, the eras of the 90s and 80s where they were the two dominant sides really for good windows there where they'd play against each other. Even though they're down the bottom of the ladder, there'll be no love lost here. Two young sides that'll both be keen to get two points and Lakes picked up there two on the weekend and got just clear of these, but West won't want to let them get too far away, mate. I honestly can't split them, mate. I've, the whole time you've been talking, I've been trying to split them. And I don't know, maybe I can go both ways. I, I reckon West might, West might bring that home. Where's that game at, sorry? It, it, it's scheduled for Harker Oval, so... Yeah, I reckon I might take West in that one. But I reckon that'll be a very tight game. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one to see, and it's always interesting to see Harker Oval. It's it's a smaller field at the best of times, but as you know, on a night game tends to feel like any ground's a little bit smaller again, so uh, interesting to see again whether that one, similarly on a heavy track, is just played up through the middle. I don't know if you've ever played on Harker Oval when that pitch has been wet, but right, um, you're certainly not going anywhere. It's like an old game of stuck in the mud, and if you slow up and get caught in the wrong spot, someone will line you up very quickly. I think I've only played at Harker when it's been a dead set rock. I've still got scars in my knees two years ago from it, so I reckon I reckon soft will be better on that thing. I think I think there's only there's only two two modes out there. It's either either cement or quagmire. So uh, uh, the West boys are a little bit of home field advantage there. 
Um, it's the joys of, uh, I guess, those cricket ovals. Mate, it's one thing you boys don't have to suffer at Lyle Peacock. No sharing it with the cricket, just the soccer. So uh, no no decks out in the middle or grazers getting you uh, chopped up. Yeah, thank God we don't have to share it with cricket because you know, it would suck. But um, like I said before, I think we've had every game's been a heavy 10, so it hasn't really suited me. But, but like you said, we're better that than the cricket pitch. Yeah, certainly. That might explain why uh, Royce hasn't polled as many points this year, mate. Uh, they, all those heavy tens, you know. He's a uh, yeah. he's a, bit, a bit more of a sprinter than a stayer, I would have thought. Not a heavy track special. Nah, nah. Royce's been good. Just I don't think it hasn't landed on the stats as much this year, but you know he's still been a solid, solid player for us all year. So, oh, mate, he is he is the reigning champion, so we can't bag him too much. Uh, he's he's the only bloke nah. that's ever won the title before. So, uh, it'd be interesting to see yeah, if another another bagging about it all year too. I think. <laughs> Hey, I, I think I, he got it tatted on his ass. He got it, he got it tatted on his ass. Did he? Beautiful. I like it. It's, he's got a picture of Josh Spiegelman, the stats man of the year. Uh, yeah, he does. Well, that, that's not bad, mate. I, I hear, I hear a whisper that he's still trying to um, debate the fact that he's the best looking bloke in the back line. Is that true? Nah, he says it pretty confidently. I think. Oh, so he's, yeah, right. Well, it'd, be, it'd be interesting nah, to get. I don't know. He's in that back line of ours, actually. So it's pro- it's probably pretty toughly contested. Yeah, right. It's a, there's a, there's a few few blokes that um, yeah certainly. Uh, get some responses from the ladies, I reckon, with uh, between you know Mister Mr. Uh, Reality TV, uh, the uh, the former NRL superstar in Kez as well, and um, and the school teacher. Um, yeah, the three of those yeah, boys. They all fancy themselves. I think I think pretty much everyone's got a missus, but uh, oh, they're all so up there's up. no responses from ladies, mate. There's no one's talking to them. Oh, that's that's good to hear. The boys are focused on 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 footy and relationships, mate. So it's all footy, exactly. It's all footy and girlfriend at our club. What about what about what about young Cal? Is he on the market or mate, the football skills he's got? He'd be market. popular. What's that? I know. I think I think Cal's probably the only back in our team that's single, so he might be doing a bit of damage. Who knows? I'll tell you what. You could do worse on a night out than crumbing off, you know, Joe and uh, Royce and Kez, couldn't you? Like, I reckon you'd do all right if you were young Cal. I mean, not that he couldn't do all right in his own right, but <laughs> yeah, just sit, sit off their sit off their wings and you know get their leftovers. It might be the way to do it. Just, just, don't, just don't hang out with the Higo boys and uh, look for leftovers, mate. Yeah, don't hang out with them. They're bad news. <laughs> oh, I love it, mate. Well, let, let's have a look at the couple of games on Saturday and we'll get your thoughts on the big one for you guys. Uh, uh, the first one, there will be two sides backing up on that short turnaround from the midweek as well, and that'll be Curry versus Lakes up there at Curry. Uh, you'd think on recent results, Lakes would probably enter this one as uh, somewhat warm favourites, but again, as we know, on any given day, and, and Curry will be eyeing this one. Um, as a chance to get back in the winner's circle. They've only got the two wins so far this year. Yeah, like I said before, I think Kobe be ready to go, but I just think Lakes will win that one home again. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Curry, you know, I, I said to you off, uh, off air that I called that game Curry versus Wyong the other week, and um, it was certainly an interesting game in terms of the way they clashed. And, and if you get dragged into that niggly, grinding stuff that Curry love and they're so good at, um, it's a bit like when West drag teams down into an arm wrestle as well. It, you can find yourself on the wrong side of it pretty quickly as well. So Lakes, if they can play yeah, their game, I think they'll run away. But yeah, it's going to come down to a battle of styles. Yeah, well, I know you know Curry dragged us into it. I think we only beat them in the last minute or something. So they nearly tipped us. So you've got to be like, you know, we're, you know, we're nearly writing them off. But like I said, you got to be ready for them because they nearly tipped us. So you got to be ready every game this comp. Yeah, I think I think the Curry boys like trying to get one over Kitty, especially though as an ex-Curry boy. So uh, um, yeah, they certainly step up. And I think you know there's a f- 
I mean, most teams step up for most games, but there's a few games where teams tend to just, you know, especially if they're a little bit lower, there's a couple of teams they really like to step up against, you know. As we talked about before, Lakes like it against Central and West and even yourselves because you've got that Lake-Macquarie rivalry and I think Curry's got that sort of little that little Curry-Macquarie rivalry that's developed with different players playing at both clubs over recent years as well. Yeah, I think Curry definitely might take it a bit personal against Key. And, but yeah, like every club, but their, their little matchup they like to turn up for and... Yeah, we'll just see how they go. All right, mate. Let's close it all out. It's the big one on Saturday. Hopefully, uh, it'll be an absolutely packed Lyle Peacock again, and they'll all brave the weather. It is predicted to be a little bit damp just for something different. Um, Macquarie versus South, mate. You've got to expect that the uh, the South boys will be stinging after the result last week, and uh, not only because this is key in terms of the ladder with them sitting two points in front of you at the moment, but also... They, they won't be too happy about having gone down to Lakes. Um, so they'll, they'll be ready for this. And undoubtedly, you boys will be as well. Both sides coming off, off key losses. So uh, plenty on the line here with you sitting fourth and fifth. Yeah, well, this is a huge game for, you know, for Ladder. It's probably our biggest game of the year, really, considering that. You know, we need to get a bit of a wriggle on and get a roll and head, in, head into the end of the year. And we've got a lot of, you know, kind of good mates that have switched over and whatnot over the couple of years. And good mates have... Lewis Hamilton and that, so it's you know a bit of a personal clash. So it could be interesting. Might we get a bit fiery at times? Who knows? Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't mind a bit of uh, feistiness, especially mate. If it's uh, it's a little bit wet, the tempers tend to fray a little bit. It's a little bit harder, so it'll undoubtedly be a big clash out there. And with only two games on the weekend, we'd really encourage everyone to, to get out to either Curry or Macquarie. Uh, Macquarie, in your preference, yeah. mate, get a couple of blue cans in you and uh, cheer, cheer the boys on, whichever side you're cheering on. We don't really mind it. The, the more the merrier, right? Um, yeah, obviously, noise, yeah, yeah you, you'd love it if they're all behind the scorps, but sometimes it's fun when there's some people giving you a bit of stick to it. Um, it gets you, gets you fired up and uh, it'll be an absolutely cracking clash. I'm looking forward to you know, that clash in the middle, guys like Higo against Simo, like those two, you know, they'll know each other from, from a long time ago. Both have played at the opposite club um, and those sorts of pieces. So it's a it's a really interesting piece. Some of those players, you said, that have crossed the divide and uh, there'll be no love lost, undoubtedly. A couple of beers shared afterwards, but there'll be no love lost for the 80 minutes out there. Yeah, exactly. Right. I think it's going to be a tough game. You know, I think it's going to be very close. So I think it's going to be physical. Hopefully there's a bit of sun out there and we've got a dry pitch so we can play a bit of footy. You know, I love playing south, so... I think South might be quietly happy Ben Roos is out first of the year because he always likes to turn one on against South. So, you know, we'll see how this one goes. Yeah, it could have been an interesting one if the two business partners came together, mate, you reckon? <laughs> I'd love to sit back and watch it. I reckon um, the, the better challenge between those two is if they're having a slanging match because it could go for quite a while, I think. But anyway, we'll leave that well enough alone. They are two good blokes that look after our show and um, all about supporting local footy with junkyard skips and, and two champion blokes that run it. So, mate, a big thank you for, to you for your time again on the show. Um, I've kept you a little bit longer than I said I would and I appreciate you giving up some time on a Monday, Arvo. Uh, good luck no, uh, for the weekend. Enjoy it if you do sneak out to have a look at a game midweek and... Uh, Mate, hopefully we're chatting to someone from the club, whether it's yourself or one of the others, uh, later in the season as Macquarie's making a deep run into those finals uh, come late August and early September. Yeah, no dramas any time. Hopefully I have a conversation with your grand final week and we're in it. That'd be, that'd be beautiful. But no, I appreciate you for having me and you know, it's good what you're doing for the Newcastle Rugby League, so we appreciate it. All right, thanks, Matt, and talk to you soon, mate. Cheers, mate. Big thanks to Matt Moon there from the Macquarie Scorpions. Great to get his thoughts on how things are tracking and where they're at 
on the run home and especially off the back of that tough loss to the Central Newcastle Butcher Boys. Uh, obviously a bit of an interesting run home for a number of the teams. Seven teams still really in that race for the Denton Engineering Cup Finals. But we're going to switch tacks and we're going to go over and talk about the finals races in the Lake Macquarie Forklift Services A-grade men's competition in the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League and the Mex Club B-grade competition. Um, now, look, it's not so much a finals race as a jostling for positions in the A-grade. As we understand, it's going to be five-team finals in every competition. And with uh, the unfortunate uh, withdrawal of Maitland a few weeks ago from the A-grade, it is now down to a five-team competition. And so it's going to be a jostling for positions. It's One thing is for certain, it will be Dora Creek and Woodbury that will finish one and two. But the battle for that third place in terms of having a second bite at the cherry is on for young and old uh, at the moment. South and Arimbo tied on eight competition points. South with a much greater or much superior for and against, um, as you'll see when we run through the stats in a moment. But Dudley, they sit in an interesting position. They've got six competition points, but they've got two games in hands on South and Arimba and three games on Dora Creek and Woodbury. They're obviously not likely to catch Dora Creek and Woodbury considering they've only got seven rounds remaining, including catch-up games, but... It's certainly an exciting race. Uh, plenty can happen in terms of those third, fourth and fifth positions. Uh, so let's have a little bit of a run through the ladder and then uh, we'll have a look at the uh, catch-up games that are to come in the uh, in the coming weeks. So uh, first of all, we've got Dora Creek. They're sitting undefeated, plus 373 points from their 12 wins, 24 competition points, nipping at their heels and waiting for them to slip. The Woodbury Warriors, they've got nine wins, two losses, and a bye to their name. Obviously, the bye jumping in with Maitland withdrawing from the competition. Uh, they're sitting with plus 90 on 20 competition points. And then, as I said, it's back to Souths. Uh, four wins, uh, seven losses, minus 88 in the for and against column, eight competition points. Arimba, due to the nature of the draw and some of the early games that were washed out, etc., they've ended up with three byes. They've got one win, uh, which was round one of the season against Dudley. They've got seven losses like Souths. They're minus 166 on eight competition points. Then Dudley, two wins, six losses, one bye, six competition points, minus 67. So if Dudley can get on a bit of a winning roll, they certainly have the capacity, I guess, to uh, reel in those other two teams and claim third. It'll be uh, certainly an interesting battle on the run home with those games to be played. Uh, As I say, we've got those catch-up games, uh, Dudley and South, which will be played uh, in August. Uh, we've also got Arimba and Dudley uh, hanging over from round seven. Now, that match will be played Wednesday, the 20th of July, so it'll be the day this podcast is released. So we'll know a little more about that game um, scheduled for Murray Breen Oval at Wyong. So it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up. And uh, obviously, it'll either set Arimba into third or, or potentially leapfrog Dudley from fifth to third. And we've still got the round 12 catch-up games, and then we have rounds 14, 15, and 16 still to be played. So... As I said, uh, most of the teams sort of with uh, four games or five games to play, but Dudley with a monstrous seven to get through in the remaining weeks. So it's going to be a fair workload for the young Magpies side. But uh, watch this space for third, fourth and fifth. And uh, though it would be suggested that it'll be a race into for the Premiership, Dora Creek, certainly the short favourites in the A-grade competition brought to us by Lake Macquarie Forkley Services and, of course, all of our Newcastle Hunter content brought to us by Beaver Brewery. In the B-grade competition, there are catch-up games aplenty. We have games washed out from rounds one, round two, round four, two games from round five, two games from round six, two games from round 11, two games from last round in round 13, and all of round 12 to be replayed. So 
There's a lot of permutations here. Teams have played anywhere between 7 and 12 games in total. Everyone is still in with a mathematical chance of making the finals and still, you know, potentially if they can go on those winning runs to make those finals. But as it currently stands, Windale, they've played 11, they've won 8, lost 1. And when I say played 11, they've gone through 11 games. So played 8, won 8, sorry, lost 1, 2 buys, 20 competition points, plus 96, they sit in first. University, they have two games in hand on them. They've won seven, lost one, and have one bye. They're sitting on plus 82 on 16 points. So those teams with those games in hand are essentially level. They've both only lost the one match so far this year. We then go back a few points. We've got Cardiff. They've played their full complement, 12, 12 rounds of footy behind them. Five wins, one draw, five losses, one bye. They sit with plus four uh, points difference on 13 points. Glendale nipping at their heels. They've got two games in hand on them. Again, like Cardiff, though, they've exactly split their games. Four wins, one draw, four losses, one by 11 points. The next two are the interesting ones, Katara and Swansea. They've both only had seven games put behind them. Katara have only got on the paddock five times. They've had three wins, two losses, two buys, sit with a plus 37 and 10 competition points. So they're four and against already superior to the two sides, Cardiff and Glendale sitting in front of them. Swansea, three wins, three losses, one by plus 36 there on eight points. Curry, a little surprise packet. They've forfeited a couple of times, but they've managed to also knock off a couple of sides in recent weeks, including the previous ladder leaders, University. They sit with two wins, five losses, two buys, minus 48 in the for and against column. Then we go back into eighth place, Shortland. Two wins, one draw, seven losses, and a buy. They've only got the one catch-up game, which is that catch-up round from round 12. And they sit on seven competition points. And then we go back to Northern Lakes. Uh, nine games that have scheduled and gone ahead, including buys. One win, one draw, six losses, and the buy. Minus 100, competi- uh, minus 100 po- points difference and five competition points. So, again, if North Lakes could win all of their games on the way home, they could certainly trouble some of those top five sides. But Qatar and Swansea will be the interesting ones. They've got quite a bunch of games in hand. Cardiff and Glendale will be looking over their shoulders you think Windale and Uni, with the games they've got through, would be reasonably safe, considering they've only dropped one game each in terms of making the top five. But even the minor premiership race is still open. Uh, a run from Qatar or Swansea could certainly challenge University and Windale if they drop any games. But it's going to be a race all the way through to that final round. Um, and it's going to really heat up as we get all those games in the final round, the 6th of August weekend, as well as uh, some of the catch-up games which have been scheduled for the weekend after. We'll get almost a full complement in that final weekend uh, with games, multiple games scheduled, two for the Friday night, one for the Saturday, and one for the Sunday of that catch-up weekend leading into finals. And it may be that we don't know the exact makeup of the finals till after those games with Windale playing Swansea, Uni playing Shortland, North Lakes playing Glendale, and Curry playing Katara. So lots of teams in the finals race involved in that. But we'll try and give you a recap across the grades over the coming weeks and uh, make sure you're right across the finals run home for all the other grades. So the C grade, the Northern Conference, the Southern Conference, the Women's Tackle, the two grades A and B, and the Ladies League Tag A, B, and C. There's an absolute plethora of finals games. There's a plethora of games that have got an absolute uh, bearing on that finals makeup. So stay tuned to your favourite team. Keep tuning in for us. Next week, we will aim to have a special guest who's approaching an absolutely massive milestone in terms of Newcastle Hunter Rugby League. So we look forward to unveiling that for you next week. But uh, that's our wrap for the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League brought to us by Beaver Brewery. We'll take a little bit of a break and we'll come back to close out the show. 
Well, it might not have quite reached the length of our recent 90-odd-minute episodes, but uh, another bumper episode, undoubtedly. A big thanks to our co-host, Josh Spiegelman, brought to you by Junkyard Skips, the Statsman's Performers of the Week. And a shout-out to the three milestone men who all managed to pick up points. Uh, Cameron Spider-Anderson from Central, Reed Hugo, both getting three points. Reed from Cessnock, obviously, both bringing up their 100th game and being best on for the Statsman in those games. And, of course, Mitch Williams, the evergreen veteran, 250 top-grade games and picked up a point there as Wong went down in a nail-biter to Cessnock in a key game. But uh, congratulations to Minnie, a great guy to, um, to have involved in the Dent Engineering Cup, a great guy to talk footy with at any stage and an absolute uh, stalwart of the Wong Roos Club. He's been a great performer for them for such a long time now. Of course, as we talked about in the intro, make sure to support those businesses that do support the show. Beaver Brewery, uh, we've got Junkyard Skips, of course, uh, Sharp DS Central Coast, and finally, uh, Shipley Meets at Rutherford. They all support us, so please support them when you can. And make sure to give us a follow on our social media channels. We recently reached the 1,000 follower mark on Instagram, so there's going to be some giveaways in the final weeks of the seasons. We're just betting down exactly what they will be, and then once we uh, have that finalised, we will reveal all on the show. Uh, we've also got the prizes to give away for the best club atmosphere and food and drink fair, uh, thanks to Beaver Brewery. We've, and on top of that, obviously, the $150 cash and the $150 to the charity of the choice of the winner of the Statsman Performer of the Year, thanks to Junkyard Skip. So plenty there. Make sure, as I said, to give us a follow. Instagram is LeadcastleAU, Facebook, LeadcastleAUS. Give it a share. Share it with your friends. Share the latest episode. Let's try and get those listener numbers up. As we get the listener numbers up, we can get more things in behind the show, more giveaways, all those sorts of things. So we really appreciate all of those of you who do tune in every week. Make sure you do get out and brave the conditions this weekend. Support your uh, local or favourite team as is fitting. Uh, Enjoy the footy. There's plenty on offer midweek and on the weekend. Get down, enjoy a blue can, have a steak sandwich and support those clubs. And we'll come back and chat to you about all the Newcastle Hunter Rugby League action next week. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Newcastle, Newcastle Hunters, Hunters Rugby League.